Welcome to NetFront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon of the Post-Dispatch, joined by the beat reporters Jim Thomas and Tom Timmerman. And this is the end of days edition of NetFront Presence because, uh, wow, what can we say? Uh, very, uh, Doug Armstrong had a very strong reaction to what's happening here. Five consecutive uh, regulation losses, uh, not especially close losses. So let's start with JT. Uh, this was um, not a. Uh, this was quite a shot across the bow from from the GM JT. It sure was. End of days. I like that. End of days uh, edition. Uh, Doug is very good at the uh, in the press conference setting. I wish he'd do uh, he'd do more of them. But uh, it was interesting that he chose this time to do so. And uh, he didn't he didn't overreact. But as he put it, he he didn't underreact. Uh, uh, either. And, uh, it, it just, just the, the whole atmosphere. And I, I tried to point it out in, in my story, the, the whole atmosphere of the practice was, was interesting. And it shows you that in this organization, five game losing streaks don't set well. I mean, uh, we had Tom, Tom Stillman. I can't remember the last time we saw Tom Stillman, at least this season, so, some other seasons, he's been more frequent, especially pre pre COVID, but, uh, yeah, he was watching practice, uh, uh, Doug Armstrong was watching uh, intently and, and also uh, just the, 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 the nature of the practice. There were about 15 minutes of battle drills at the, at the end. And uh, uh, Doug Armstrong, uh, I mean, excuse me, Craig Berube, a uh, couple on ice uh, uh, meetings, in, including one interesting one with, uh, with Tarasenko and uh, Buchnevich. So uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Every, everything about yesterday was unusual. And not a whole lot of reason to be happy. It's, it's tough to look at things and, and say, you know, well, that's, here's something you can hang your hat on. You know, and, you know even as Armstrong talking about the fourth line doing well, though you look at some of their numbers, it's, it's not really that great. But I think you certainly in relative terms, they've, they've been the shining stars of this team. But, uh, um, yeah, it's just kind of flat and bland and dull and not good all around. Well, JT, I guess uh, the biggest concern is when you look, and this is why all the alarms are sounding, um, the, the body language, body language on the ice. Uh, when things went, started going bad against the Kings, they, they went bad in a hurry. The mm -hmm. body language on the bench, the body language of the guys on the ice. Um, there's all sorts of sirens sounding when you see that sort of thing. And, you know, uh, the, we saw this before when the Kings were in town, if you go back a few years and uh, that was the end of the Mike Yo era. Uh, this was, uh, this game might've been even worse. Now, Craig Ruby has got plenty of, uh, plenty of equity with the organization, but man, it, it was just stunning to see this group look just that uh, defeated. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, organizational malaise, I believe is what, uh, what uh, uh, Doug Armstrong referred to the, the overall affliction that's, that's affecting the team. And, uh, uh, yeah, the body language, uh, you know, like especially some of the younger players, you see Thomas, uh, you know, maybe miss a shot when he has a good look when it's a great A chance and just the shoulders uh, slumping. And uh, just overall, the, the, uh, the lack of a competitive edge. I mean, it's <clears throat> everything that's happening here with the Blues is just unlike anything we're used to seeing, at least most years, most games with, with, with the team, except maybe the missing shots. They've, they've always maybe had yeah. a, 
uh, had, had a uh, uh, want to do that, but uh, just the, you know, the, uh, the, just everything about them seems out of sync. Uh, 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 the passing, the, the, the spacing on, uh, on defense, the, the third periods. I mean, the blues always, at least, uh, and this is now my sixth year covering the team time flies, but they always seem like a team more often than not, that could close out games. And they've been especially terrible in the, uh, in the third period. So, uh, it, 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 it always makes you wonder, and I'm, I'm certainly not a conspiracy theory theorist at all, but what, what, what's going on? Why, why is this happening? Why, why does this team maybe one or two things go wrong and they look so defeated? Why, why are many of the veterans just not uh, producing uh, uh, consistent, not just consistent in terms of scoring or, or, or uh, play, but just, uh, you know, in terms of the mistakes they're, 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 they're making and, and, uh, uh, I, I think uh, both Baruby and uh, Armstrong and as well as the rest of the coaches are struggling for the answer right now. Yeah, I think you do have to go back to the end of the Mike Yo era, those early Baruby days when, yeah, this is one of the last times you saw that happen where some things would go bad and that would just be the end of it. They would just, you know, off the cliff right there. Armstrong was very clear yesterday, Greg Baruby's not going anywhere. He's the guy. Um, obviously there are limits, but right now they're nowhere near it apparently, but yeah, this is, it, it, you got to go back almost six years to see it when a team and this team just at the first sign of trouble, you know, just, just disappeared. Well, he made it quite clear. And this was a, something we we've talked about that this was this group, th this was the last chance for this group to, to make a run. Now Doug talked about this, trying to extend it another year, another year, but what given the contract scenarios, with both Ryan O'Reilly and Vladimir Tarasenko up, uh, even with an increased salary cap, there was going to there was going to be a, a huge challenge challenge uh, keeping um, the key players on this team in one place. Uh, so we knew going into this year that this could be the last uh, the last go for um, you know for, for the group, and uh, and Doug said this could may not make it through the season. <laughs> <laughs> on this last goal because you know it seems jt was it was it's not, it was not a veiled threat it's direct threat you know if we have to start retooling yeah i'll start retooling and that would mean and he's done it before and on a smaller scale but um you know given all the contract situations it's not an idle threat no no not at all and given uh doug armstrong's past uh track record now it was difficult to make player for player trades, hockey trades because of the cap situation. But if you're in a rebuild mode and all of a sudden you don't necessarily care if you're getting a, you're getting a veteran player, you're going to be trading for draft picks. And he, and he can, he can do that all the live long day. If, if he so, uh, if he so chooses to do so. And uh, you know, he was asked, uh, well, how many games would this be? What time of year? And he, 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 he wouldn't, he wouldn't put a, uh, uh, a, a date on it, nor, nor should he, you know, he did point out that at this stage of his career and, and he's had, you know, a very good degree of success that uh, he's more patient maybe than he would have been, <laughs> you know, five, five years ago or whatever, but uh, he's got that hammer. And if the players don't understand that uh, uh, they're, they're, they're not paying it, they're, they're not paying attention. And he's always said this basically, the players decide the players make the decision for him during, during the uh, uh, cup year. Uh, remember they, they started the hot streak right before the trade deadline and back when they were, when they were still maybe not 
maybe mid mid January or late January, the All Star break uh, around the uh, uh, they they weren't last, but they were still they really weren't in the playoff picture before they had that long. I think it was eleven game win streak. He said the players will decide, and and they were hot. He decided not to touch the team, and they won, and uh, uh, they 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 could decide here. He said the players could decide if the run's over, they'll tell me, and uh, right now through their play and I would say indifference. That's, that's what they're telling them. I mean, right now it could change. It could change in a week. It could change in two weeks, but right now that that's, that's what they're telling them. Yeah. And one of the things we see is it's not like there are, you know, hot players down in Springfield that you're like, okay, here's a chance to give some of these new guys a look, you know, Matthew Kessel and, you know, Tyler Tucker, you know, what, you know, it's, if Bull Duke was in the AHL rather than in juniors, okay, you know, give him a try, but there's, there's really no one down there. I mean, it's not like, you know, the, the Martin Furks or Josh Lavos of, of, of the world are going to be the people that turn this around. So it's not like, you know, if they start looking to the future, it's a, it's a longer term future. If this doesn't pan out. Yeah. And one of the, one of the tough parts about all that JT, they do have, uh, two good young players they hope to uh, to move forward with, with Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo. But uh, yeah, about Jordan Cairo. Um, geez, uh, I thought Tom captured it well with that uh, the three on O that he just skates into Jonathan Quick. I mean, he was paralyzed. He didn't know what to do on a three on O. He's held it and held it and held it. And then there's suddenly there wasn't any play. And, you know, he, he's just, it's it's so far in his head that um, this is going to be interesting to see how Jordan Cairo fights his way out of it. I thought when he got on the board, you know, scored that might, he would relax, but man, it's uh, it's a little hard to watch right now that that minus number is lack of offense um, plays like that. Kind of terrifying. He's on a 30 goal pace. <laughs> well, actually by the numbers he is, but yeah. And, and it's clear he's pressing, he's pressing, he's pressing, he's pressing. And uh, I, I, it, you know, when you talk to both Thomas and, and Kyra after the, the contract, well, it's a stock question, but do you feel, you know, now that with big dollars come big expectations, how do you handle the pressure? No, nah, no, nah, I'll just go out and play my game. Well, really neither of them are, you know, Thomas, uh, uh, it hasn't been a, 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 as bad, but uh, uh, when we speak of body language, Thomas, when he misses a shot, it's like a Shakespearean tragedy or something. <laughs> okay. You missed the shot. Let's go kick. Uh, uh, move on to the uh, move on to the next play, but there's so much so much of that uh, that that's hard to gauge and measure uh, the pressure that Kairou and Thomas are under. Uh, O'Reilly's play; he's not the number one center right now. I mean, and and he knows it every day. He shows up to work. I think seven of the eight games, maybe it is. Uh, uh, Thomas has uh, has had more of the minutes. Uh, Thomas is getting a whole lot. Of, uh, I think almost every game he's had more faceoffs uh, uh, than than O'Reilly and uh, defensive zone uh, faceoffs. So how is O'Reilly uh, dealing with all that mentally? You, you got you got all this stuff swirling around the team with O'Reilly still, you know, li- adjusting to life without Perron. So it's just uh, uh, it's a hot mess right now. Yeah, you know, a world where the, the issue was Jordan Cairo being afraid to shoot. Who, you know, that's not something that we would have envisioned seeing. Yeah, his numbers aren't that bad, but it's just, you know, but his defensive numbers are are, are dreadful. And I think that's one of the things that bothers Ruby a lot is just on the other end, 
you know, that the goals will come for Cairo. They have come so much over the course of his career, but I don't think they're seeing on the defensive side of the puck uh, what they want to see out of him. And that's an issue going forward. He's always going to be a high event guy. Things are going to happen on either end with Jordan Cairo on the ice, but I don't think the defensive progress they wanted to see, they have seen yet from him. And the O'Reilly thing is difficult, JT. Um, you know, this is such a pivotal year. He's going to get one more contract in the league. Uh, it, what that number would look like, um, it, who knows? There, there could be a, a wide range to imagine. You know, a great year could get him, you know, some real money on his next deal here or elsewhere. But given his age, given the fact that the game has uh, sped up a lot, and he's not a fast player, given the mileage on him, uh, if the season goes the other way and stays the other way, um, it, it, it would be just millions and millions of dollars out the window. And uh, it, JT, you've been, you've covered sports, your, 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 your whole professional life, covered the pro sports, you know, the giant chunk of it that, that weighs on guys. It, it just does. And I mean, it, it's gotta be in his head every day. I mean, how many more car quest commercials are you going to get if, <laughs> if you end the season like minus 40? That uh, JF Electric one with Bennington is uh, when Bennington throws a water bottle. That's a uh, that's a good one. Uh, that's a good one uh, too. But uh, no, you're exactly right. You make a great point about the game speeding up and O'Reilly not being a fast player. Someone asked me uh, yesterday, uh, "Do I sense he's slowing down?" And I, I don't think so. But uh, uh, he, he looks about the same physically to me. But in a faster game especially if you're a slower player positioning and uh, is so much more important. And, and again, every, I think everything so far is just so thrown out of whack without Perron there. Uh, and, and plus O'Reilly, we all know what a perfectionist he is in terms of preparation, how hard he is on himself. Yeah. This, this could be a huge, uh, a huge boulder, you know, on, on, on his shoulders to uh, uh, his play and, and how the, the, uh, the team is going. You know, the, uh, the O'Reilly Cairo pairing certainly not working. And then, you know, O'Reilly sod would have been a better match, but we haven't seen Brandon sod for uh, you know, more than a week now. And that's gotta be where, it, and they just haven't found a good match for, uh, for Ryan O'Reilly, someone to pair him with. And that's, he, you know, he's looking for his new best friend, his new David Perron, and we haven't found it yet. So I got to correct myself. That's actually Car Shield that he's hyping, right? That uh, is that correct? Am I? Uh, well, he's got a few. He does Car Shield. He does right. his JF Electric. He's got a. He's, he's got a few. In the fairness, Car Shield are the the ones. Yeah. That are now, he is good at that. He's not as good as Ric Flair, but he's way better than Dylan Carlson on those commercials. Those are just unfortunate for for Dylan. I think that was the beginning of the end for Dylan doing those commercials. But that's another that's another podcast. Um, so you, you just you, you try to find something uh, positive in all this. And, and you know, it, it's a, like to um, Doug Armstrong's point, you know, they're terrible at everything. I mean, there's nothing they're good at right now. I mean, all the things they used to could hang their hat on early on, you know, boy, the penalty kill was great. And, um, you know, the power play was pretty good. And the special teams were awesome last year. And that's how they did what they did when they were just okay five on five. And five on five, they're just horrendous. And now, even now, JT, the special teams can't can't help them. I mean, it's just there's just too much going wrong. Well, well JT, how's it? I, I can see getting beat once on a backdoor play, but getting beat all day like it's um, you know you're down at uh, Brentwood Ice Rink at, uh, at eleven o'clock in a beer league. I mean, my God, over and over. 
And Todd McClellan, he just summed it up. He said, well, we, we, we took what they gave us and gave us and gave us over and over uh, again. Yeah. Could you imagine sitting in there and you're, you're a veteran? I don't know. You're, you're, you're Nicoletti or whoever. And, uh, you know, he, he uh, uh, Armstrong told us he, he basically read where they are in all the standings that they were in the, uh, and I don't know why I'm chuckling over this, but uh, the bottom quartile, you know, and you could just see them uh, goals allowed 27th uh, goals for 24th or, or whatever. And just it, like in every statistical category. And like you say, the strong, the strong uh, penalty kill start, but then they've, uh, uh, they, and especially this early in the season, you, your, your uh, statistics can, can uh, just a couple of bad games can change dramatically. It's a little harder to do that, you know, when you're halfway, uh, uh, through the season and uh by god we've got that fourth line though tommy right <laughs> Woo! though though it's been broken up with uh noel chari moving up to the uh to the top line so uh yeah, yeah i mean that says something right there we're going to try to spice up the the top line by by moving noel chari there that's a, a leap of faith um you know and then you know who's seen tyler pitlick uh doing as well yeah things are uh, things are bad all over uh, <laughs> pretty much what it comes down to you know jt it's going to be interesting to see how uh how bennington holds up with all this i mean a lot of what happened uh here in the last few games been beyond his control but you know you enough of these games in a row will get into a, a guy's head especially a, a goaltender they're like quarterbacks and you've seen with your rams coverage when the team's awful and a quarterback stuck playing on an awful team eventually gets in the head uh, it's just natural given the importance of the position and, you know, certainly Jordan trying to come back from, you know, his uh, slippage of a year ago seemed to be in a good headspace coming into the season. But if you're subjected to that sort of uh, defensive uh, malpractice and, you know, it's going to get, he's, he's going to try to do too much, you know, he's, he's going to start flailing and either he's going to doubt himself or he's going to press or he's going to do both. Uh, I think there's a real danger because we really don't know how, um, how sturdy, psychologically that Jordan is really, I mean, he showed good signs when things started well, but now what, you know, I guess we're, we're going to see if he, I mean, if he could steal him a few games, it'd be awesome, but um, that would be a great sign, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting among the players, Baruby talked to what was Bennington and an interesting dynamic for some of our listeners. I mean, Baruby's office basically is the ice. It, it doesn't seem like he ever has these meetings in, in his uh, his office. So he, he, and it's really rare that, that he talks to a goalie during practice. And this was uh, near the end of practice. He was talking to Bennington, who knows, Jeff, maybe was, maybe, maybe he was broaching the subject that uh, you talked about just to, Hey, to hang in. I, I don't know if I've seen what I would call a soft goal by Bennington, even with this flurry of goals, uh, you know, at first blush, that last goal, uh, in the LA Kings game looked like it. it looked like he didn't hug the post but you know you watch the replay and it uh, deflected off a fox stick and it was a knuckleball that changed directions on him so uh, uh, yeah there's only so much he can take I will say this uh, it can change I mean it, it can change in the snap of a finger everything about the team I mean what 10 days ago we were coming coming off that uh, uh, two to nothing uh uh, win uh, in Edmonton and boy, that Nick Letty trade sure looks good. Boy, he, he blanketed uh, Connor McDavid. He's probably having nightmares about Nick Letty shadowing him. And boy, this defense is great. Boy, uh, 
uh, what a great move it was to, uh, to go for defense and okay. We missed Perron, but, uh, 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 boy, things, things look great. And man, have have things, have things changed and Letty has not played particularly well, made a astounding, uh, uh, pass, uh, uh, what was it? Two games ago. They're all blending together now where it looked like, like the, uh, Marco Scandella, the worst of Marco Scandella. We all remember like one of those, uh, one of those passes. So yeah, they can change, but, uh, boy, it sure, it sure is a rut. And even when you're covering it, you, you, uh, uh, a winless streak, or th- this is actually a losing streak because it's five straight regulation losses. You, you, you almost feel like you're in quicksand and how, how do these guys get, get out of it? But, uh, uh, you know, whether it's luck or whatever, they, 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 they've got to get some puck luck, get a couple goals, you know, get, get a couple goal lead. Oh, wait a minute. They've blown, they've blown a couple of those. No, but they, you know, if they, if they get a lead and can, and can hold it, maybe they can, uh, they can build off it, but it's got, it's got to start. And this sounds cliche, but it's, it's got to start with a compete level. It, it just, you can see it on the wall battles. I mean, it's, it's right there in, 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 in front of you. It's got, it's got to start with that. I was talking to Robert Thomas the other day and, and was, uh, what, what game has there been a game this year that you look at and say, that's our game. And he said, it was, yeah, that Edmonton game, the two, nothing game there was, that's the way they want to play. I said, even though you only scored you know, two goals in that one, he said, yeah, you know, their goalie was hot. We could have had more. Um, so even though it was only one goal in an empty netter, that's the game more so than the Columbus opener. They wanted to play the way they played uh, at Edmonton and, and clearly they haven't, I think what they need and they would have had a chance when they played Edmonton again is they don't need a blowout win. They need a, they need a one, nothing two one game where they have to be focused and play for 60 minutes. They don't need some game where they score a lot of goals and get up early and can cruise. I think they need a game in which it comes down to the wire and they have to play the full 60 because they haven't done it. And that's what they have to do. It was interesting that uh, Doug Armstrong didn't say, uh, boy, we just have to win Thursday and, and beat the Islanders. He, he said to JT's point, it's got to start just by show me that you're going to compete. Islanders have won four games in a row. If they place Roken in net, I mean, he's, he's one of the league's best for sure. Uh, new coach Lane Lambert, they're, they're in a good place. Uh, they got a little momentum going, got, got some guys feeling it. Andrews leaves back to full strength. Brock Nelson off to a good start. They've got not an explosive team, but a sturdy team. And then you go on the road and uh in challenges every game you know challenges and challenges and challenges so um you know their chance to regroup kind of came and went jt as far as the easier path now they're gonna they're gonna have to earn it i mean uh, islanders gonna come in gonna make them earn it and um and these games this discouraging thing is it's not like they're just ah damn it's just one play you know like mizzou football this year you know and play here or play there no you're getting killed was justin fall <laughs> called it piss poor yeah, just mm-hmm. getting killed. Yes, you're, 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 the game turns and you collapse. You're not one play away. You're if these these teams could have scored twenty goals if the, if they just kept playing. I mean, if there was another you know period or two, I mean, they just it was over. They were just gonna they were just gonna take the abuse. So and now you've got some you know tough games ahead. I mean, this is this is going to be super interesting with a good team coming in on a good streak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're uh, they're. Uh... Uh, I guess the, the uh, next string of road game starts with a game at, at, at Boston, which, which obviously is, is off to a, to a very good, uh, very good start. And 
you know, that speaks to, we, we've talked about it uh, on the net front earlier, just about how we thought, I think maybe our season debut addition, uh, just how uh, uh, more competitive and how much more parity there is in, in the league this year, because the, and, and, and Doug Armstrong referenced that he calls that the league is compressed because the bottom teams, a lot of the rebuilding bottom teams, and you, you look around, you know, Detroit, Buffalo, New Jersey, Ottawa, they've, uh, they've gotten better. And some of the top teams, uh, a lot of the top teams maybe have fallen back to the pack, but just a little bit, except, except of course, for, for the Blues. And uh, yeah, uh, you could say there are never any easy wins in this league, but that's really uh, the case now. Even, uh, you know, Chicago uh, uh, has, uh, uh, w- with that, what we thought was a hapless group of players. They, they have a, they have a better record than the blues. So yeah, there's, there's not a stretch of the schedule where you can, you can point and say, okay, here's some points here. Uh, and, and that's obviously especially true the way the team is playing. Yeah. Another reason they need to look good against uh, the Islanders is they got three days off after that. I mean, that's, you know, that's a, they got basically one game in a week uh, this week because they go from Monday to Monday, which is the Islander game. Boy, if, if they don't, come out well you know on thursday that's that's just going to be they have the weekend off but it's going to be one long weekend um if uh with the way things the way the schedule is yeah you know you hate uh you hate to drop 80 bucks on a good piece of uh steak there and only mm-hmm. to have to to kind of wipe away the tears off of the uh <laughs> off the meat before you eat it because <laughs> you're having such a tough go here so um, you know, I just think back to the old days, uh, the old caveman days of coaching, uh, oh, the dreaded bag skate, some of the stuff that coaches would do to a team in this condition, you don't really see, you, you see intensity like you guys saw, uh, yesterday, but, um, man, in the old days, Cron would have, Ron Cron would have traded a couple guys. It would have been some, you know, Brian Sutter would have had a couple bag skates. I mean, guys would be crawling around on all fours, vomiting on the ice. Um, and some fans may say, Hey, that we let us return to the old days. Let's get medieval time to get medieval. But <laughs> no, that's not the way the game is these days. In the old days, the other thing you do JT is the team would come out and everybody would drop their gloves right away. Now we're going to get, we're going to get the old fighting spirit back by just going, you know, playing, uh, you know, slap shot hockey. Uh, that doesn't work either. So you just have to try to go out and play well. Uh. It yeah. was so much easier in the old days, JT, to resolve, to get this yeah, frustration I, out. I think uh, <laughs> the last time we saw a bag skate was the very end uh, of the uh, uh, of the Mike Yo era. And that may have been the only bag skate I've ever witnessed uh, firsthand. Much, 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 much uh, sprinting on, uh, uh, on ice there. And then, uh, of course, this was after Yo was gone. We had uh, Bartuzo versus Sanford in... Uh, Mm-hmm. practice uh, i gotta say we were musing uh and and no names but tom was contributing i'll say this uh who who might bortuzzo get in a fight with and threaten to beat up in practice uh, yesterday uh that's what we were reduced to uh to uh, talking about uh, while we watched practice yesterday but alas even though that that uh those battle drills it was there were only 30 maybe 30 feet between the two nets two on two and they were they were banging banging each other hard but uh uh, a lot of physical contact, but uh, no, uh, no gloves drops. So, uh, boy, this is, uh, I, boy, I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of getting depressed just uh, listening to our folks. It, it'll get better. And uh, 
uh, won't it, uh, Tom? Yeah, it I mean, numer- <laughs> mathematically, it has to get better. I, I, you know, the, they they will win a game somewhere along the way, and uh, and goals, you know, luck, you know, some of these things do catch up, and goals will go in that shouldn't go in, and they will finally find skates and things like that. But then the question will be: is is it the right people to win in the long term? And that's what is kind of the mystery right now. Well, well, we've got uh, we've got guys who are professionals covering the team. Uh, Jim Thomas has covered some of the worst uh, Missouri football teams ever, or probably the worst. And then also uh, unspeakably bad uh, Rams <laughs> teams year after year after year. Tom, in your your career, uh, the worst team you've ever covered? Uh, you know, I've been I've been blessed because we, even when I was covering SLU basketball, Stu Durando and I would kind of trade back and forth and Stu got always the bad years and I got the good years. There was a point where they hadn't gone to the NCAA tournament without me covering them for like about, uh, I don't know, you'd have to go back to uh, the, the Charlie Spoonhour era. So, uh, you know, I had, I had the end of the Larry Smith era at USC football, which was not terrible, but it was bad enough to get Larry Smith fired at USC. So, and you know, USC basketball never, ter- you know, a massively great uh, team. So, that was probably about as bad as I got. Well, you can always uh, get advice from Jim Thomas about <laughs> truly, truly bad sports teams. He, he knows it when he sees it because he's seen <laughs> it quite a bit in his career. Well, that'll do it for this edition of the Net Front. I'm Jeff Gordon. Uh, we enjoyed having uh, Jim Thomas and Tom Timmerman on board. Sorry to depress you folks, but we have to keep it real just like Doug Armstrong did. Reminder that you can catch all of our podcasts, all of our videos, all of our extra content on stltoday.com of course our print edition uh, rolls on so we appreciate those of you who subscribe to support local journalism uh, we're going to keep doing what we do and we appreciate your helping us uh, making that happen so until next time for jim thomas for tom timmerman i'm jeff see you